Welcome back to the Awesome Boom Podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This week, we talked to Angie. Angie is a single mum of Lily, who is nine years old, suffers from cerebral palsy, as well as an, a, a range of complex healthcare issues. And uh, in this conversation, we talk about the, the struggles of, of being a single mum in this environment, looking after a severely disabled child, battling with the NHS, battling with medications that are forced onto you, and dealing with all the sort of the... Uh, all the mess, I guess, of, you know, trying to battle through life with a child with very, very complex care issues. In this interview, she talks very openly, very honestly about her life and uh, how introducing CBD into her care regime has really, really helped her daughter, Lily, and uh, has actually allowed her to remove, I believe, up to six different medications from her medication regime, which... I can only sort of believe and think is a, is a hugely positive, positive move. Before we get started with the interview, I just want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Canico. Canico is a leading British CBD brand. They specialize in full spectrum CBD products, everything from CBD flowers, which you can smoke and vape in the traditional methods, to CBD balms, which you can rub on your skin to tinctures which you can add to your drinks, your food, to full spectrum gel caps. They do offer a really, really fantastic range of CBD products. So if you're interested in CBD and you want to start utilizing CBD in your day-to-day life, if you want life, to check out uh, Canaco's website, it is Canaco, which is spelled K-A-N-A-C-O.co.uk. They've got a full range of products on their website. They're also on Instagram. Their Instagram is just Canaco, which is K-A-N-C-O.cbd on Instagram. You can follow them. And um, anyway, I'm going to stop talking now and we'll get straight into this uh, really fascinating conversation with Angie. Please do give me feedback on the podcast, good or bad. I'm a big boy. I'll take it on the chin. I'm always looking to improve everything I do. So please do feel free. You can be completely honest with me. Um, I'm not going to take offence, actually. And I, I, I relish getting constructive criticism. So without further ado, let's get straight into this podcast. Let's start then, Ange. Okay. Uh, welcome to the Awesome Boom podcast. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for making the journey over to West London to uh, come and chat to me. So why don't we start off with you um, just introducing yourself and uh, okay. we'll go from there. Well, just about both Lily and me? Or? Yeah, let, 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 okay. let's do that. So I'm Ange, um, mum to two children. My daughter's Lily, who's nine. And she was born um, with severe brain damage. So through that, um, she has a number of um, things that they've diagnosed her with, um, cerebral palsy being one of them, quad as well. So the main part of the brain is the motor skills that has been affected, So, which obviously all four limbs, her voice, everything like that. Um, and then with that, she also has epilepsy, dystonia, reflux. Um, there's just lots and lots of... Every couple of years, we just kept being told, oh, there's also this, there's also that. So, yeah, it's been... Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a constant evolving constant. situation. Yeah. So um, when did you find out that she was obviously brain injured? Was that... At the point Literally of birth? Literally at birth, at yeah, birth, yeah. I can't really go into too much detail about it. Um, 
because I'm in the process of going to court and things sure. um, about it. So yeah, but um, it was a very, very what should have been the one of the happiest days of my life was the worst day of my life. So. Yeah, I can I can imagine. Yeah. I can imagine. Bless her. So nine years nine years later. Yep. How, how's, how's it been, you know, how is it to, to cope with and to deal with, you know, a, a child who is? It's very challenging. Um, obviously, we get good days, bad days. Lily's, for the first five years of Lily's life, we were in and out of hospitals all the time. She was always getting like, well, what the, in the end they, they were always saying, oh, it's a viral infection. Everything was viral, 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 but they were treating her with antibiotics as a just-in-case. Um, so it was really, really hard, actually, and she was having a lot of seizures in the beginning. She was fitting a lot. I remember one point um, it was really, really bad. It was one summer, um, and my dad had literally just passed away as well, so we were trying to go through the motions with Lily being in hospital and I was like oh my god do I go to his funeral what what do I do do I stay with Lily um it was really really bad she was having about maybe 20 seizures a day um, really? which was awful um but they thankfully after two weeks they did slow right down and and we were discharged but um yeah like lots and lots of infections she had um it was just really really like awful you know like all we got told when Lily was born is that she might never walk that was it well actually first of all they told me that um she's a hundred percent brain damaged and their advice would be to turn off the machine to um because otherwise we'll prolong things for her and I was like no I'm not turning off no machine my daughter obviously is my first baby and she's not going anywhere and I got promised after three days I could hold her because she had to be put into like cooling ventilation to try and help heal the brain. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was the first thing they told me about her. And then I never left her side. I was with literally just going into a room. Thankfully, the hospital we were in, we got transferred to St. George's. They were brilliant. Their ne neonatal team were really, really good with her actually. And um, they kept, um, we had a room literally about three minutes away from the neonatal part so I was going back there getting a 20 minute power nap when I could when I felt really tired and quickly eating and then going straight back so I never left her side I kept you know I kept praying I just kept hoping I was like you know if you really are up there you know you just obviously when you're in a moment like that you just turn to anything for some help and I just kept begging and crying and praying and hoping that she'd be okay and then she squeezed my finger um, on the second day and I was just like, you're not going anywhere. That's when I knew. Um, so they still wanted us to turn the machine off though, but I, was, I told them no. I mean, how, I, I, just, I generally can't imagine, um, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I, I can't imagine what that must feel like where you've got a hospital and you know the consultants mm. sort of suggesting that you should effectively terminate your your, your, exactly. your 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 child i mean how does how does one get their head around that i mean they don't really you just i was a mess obviously i'd just given birth you know and also i got neglected by the hospital we go like i had lily at because they didn't even check me they just discharged me and let me 
follow Lily in an ambulance to George's. Mm. You know, literally hours after being born, I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was, I had an, inf- I, I was infected. All sorts was going on with me as well. But my main thing was, this is my baby. This is my first child. I longed to be a mum for years and years. I've always been great with children. I love children, and you know, I was obviously going to to fight to get my daughter well. So, yeah, it was really scary. Yeah, it sort of sends shivers mm, down my spine yeah. just sort of thinking about it. It's giving me yeah, hairs on end. It is, it is really weird. But, you know, we're nine years in now and she's still here, so she can, like, give them a little wave and say, you know, your prediction is wrong and bless her. Uh, and how's the, how's the journey been over nine years? Because, I mean, I've, I've spent many years working mm. with families with, with uh, you know, at times severely disabled yeah. children and I know it's... I know it's probably one of the most challenging situations mm. a parent can experience because of the lack of support, yes. the lack of understanding, the lack of resources, yeah. and and everything in this field just mm. costs so much money, it doesn't does, it? Yeah. And you know you have to you have to fight. Yeah, you have to fight everything. the government and the, your local council for every single mm-hmm. bit of help. Yeah, including nappies. Had to fight for nappies. It just seems mad it's that you'd, you'd have to fight for nappies, but mm. they really make you—they really make you do yeah, that. They do, and the borough—I've learned over the last few years—it it means a lot as to what borough you're in, because the Merton borough is awful, really, really bad for for everything. They've now taken away all the resources, all the children's centres. They used to be stay in plays every summer holiday, one day a week. So I could take Lily and her little brother Dylan to this centre. We'd meet other families with disabled children. We'd go and have a fun, you know, fun day, 10 till four, get out of the house. They had changing facilities there and everything. None of that for the last probably maybe three years now. Really? Nothing in the borough at all. For these poor children and it, I think it's disgusting yeah no right. I, 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 I agree it's with you awful. I think um, I think the society we nearly we really need to sort of have a mm. sort of a different conversation about yeah. how we support you know people like yourself definitely and yeah. every time we ask for something if if Lily needs a new wheelchair if Lily needs any kind of equipment at home well oh well the budgets we have budgets we have budgets and I'm sick and tired of hearing that word budget. I really am. They're taking it from all the wrong people. Mm. I don't know where the hell the government are spending their money, but it's certainly not on the things that need well, it know, sort need of help it, for. It angers, it angers me greatly when you obviously hear stories like yourself mm. where you are forced to, to, to beg, to plead, you know, with, with the government and local mm. council. And yet we sort of hear that companies like Amazon you know, when they're based in the UK, don't pay any UK tax. Yeah, exactly. And you think to yourself, actually, if these corporations did actually sort of man up and stick their hand in their pocket and pay what was due, yep. then that money could be used to sort of support people like yourself in society. 100%. Because I think it's crazy that, you know, the, the most vulnerable people in society are always the ones who who get sort of, you know, the funding cut the first, it seems. Oh, definitely. I remember once when Lily was going to be having a hip operation, we were asking one hospital um, to do an operation on the hips because both hips were dislocated. She was in pain every day. It was a struggle, pain relief every day, crying, screaming every time you moved her left leg especially, she'd scream. Um, And 
without more or less saying the words, this consultant admitted to my mum and I that, that they, they would rather save a child, a normal child, they would rather do a hip operation on them than, than my daughter, which is really horrible. I mean, like it's crazy. I mean, a big fight, fuss yeah. about it. I mean, life is life, mm, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like, God forbid, but, you know, this normal child, I, I hate that word, but, you know, that's what a lot of people kind of describe oh, we, use it the, we use the term neurotypical, yeah. don't we? Yeah, they say, you know, God forbid, they could have a hip operation tomorrow and, and get run over the next, you know, the next day. You don't know how long anyone's going to live. Like, mm. how can someone predict how long... You know, they could give you a rough guess, like they're telling me that, you know, Lily might might make it to her teens if she doesn't have any really bad epileptic fits due to puberty and stuff. Or if not, she'll probably, you know, pass away early 20s. How do they know that? You can't really I know. completely it, it, say it, something it like does, that. It does seem bonkers when mm. the medical profession do sort of seem to give like these time limits. Yeah. You know, although someone will probably make it to, you know, this this mm. sort of age or, or something like exactly. that I find I've always found it very very disturbing to be honest with mm. you so very quickly with the with the issue with the hips was that was it she was born with them dislocated no, no they just apparently when you have severe cerebral palsy that's what happens you're you know where you're so muscles weaken yeah and and well Lily has very very increased muscle tone so hers are really really strong and rigid all the time yeah so and when she's put into a wheelchair and strapped with like 50 different belts and buckles and everything like that she's angry because she's restrained and of course she's fighting against this and she's pushing down up through her bum down just trying to escape really from being restrained so I believe that that's what well, that's done probably that to what's her happened. hips. Yeah. So, uh, it, so you managed to get the operation. Did yeah, yeah. How long, um, do, how long did you have to fight for that? Actually, um, two years. Two years. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, but we managed to get a really good surgeon um, who was based at London Evelina, and they, you know, because uh, somebody said to me, I remember someone once saying to me, "You have the right to choose where your daughter has her treatment." I didn't actually know that. So since they, then, they probably don't promote that. Yeah. So since then, so I've realised, you know, why should I go to all the, you know, the hospitals that don't really understand Lily's disability? You know, I'd rather come into central London where they are, you know, better educated on on cerebral palsy and so on. So mm. yeah, Evelina have been great with Lily, like for her orthopaedic side of things. That's so. fantastic to hear. Mm. Fantastic. Um, so tell me. Let's talk about epilepsy because mm. um, sp- I've spent I spent years working with people with epilepsy, so, yeah. uh, so I'm, I've got a fairly good understanding of how mm-hmm. challenging and how scary that can be to yeah. manage, especially in young children. When did the epilepsy start? It started her? at birth. Really? Yeah, they told me when she was 25 minutes old, she had a massive fit. So yeah. it started at birth. So where she was obviously starved of all the oxygen and and the blood flow of oxygen, and then obviously, you know, it's awful, really bad. And I'm assuming that she's been on medication for the epilepsy yeah. since day mm-hmm. day dot. Mm. Yeah. And how have you found that those types of medications have affected her? 
They gave, we've trialled quite a few different medicines. Um, the, a lot of them, what they tend to prescribe children with special needs, with obviously added disabilities as well as epilepsy, but they try to give you lots of sedatives. And I've always, always been against sedatives because to me, I would rather Lily be awake and alert so she can like be part of the normal world. I don't want her to be like really sleepy and, and dribbly and, and I think that the more sedated you are then the, the less your brain's going to develop. So I've always kind of been against them but in the beginning it was really tough so I did trial a couple of them um, and it's hard to say if they helped or not because she was too out of it to really know. You know she was still having the odd seizures with the medication. so. But like you sort of say, I mean, I've I've seen this um, in the industry where I don't think, you know, a lot of a lot of doctors and a lot of consultants I've spoken to over the years, they will routinely admit that mm-hmm. they they actually their understanding of what's really going on, yeah. you know, in a person when they're experiencing a state of seizure, you know, is is fairly limited. Yeah, and I too have always taken issue with the fact that the way to sort of deal with this in a standard mm. way is to ultimately chemically cosh somebody where you literally just dope them up so much yeah. where they do that you know they can barely function exactly and i remember i, I don't like that no I, I i don't like it i worked with a guy um for years and he'd he'd been living in the community and the local kids would tease him really? and throw things at his house so one day he um he he just lost his temper and mm. sort of chased them. Didn't do anything to mm. them, but because of that, he was sectioned, and um, he spent fifteen years on an absolute cocktail of of, of drugs that oh, the consultants awesome. had given him. And he was he was on so many drugs that his skin was purple, really, like like bright purple, as purple as mm. the colour in your book. That's awful. And. Um, I always remember looking at him and, you know, the poor guy was just so chemically cautious. And they could, sectioned him for just running yeah. out and chasing, yeah. defending himself Yeah, because from the, the par- parents sort of, you know, kicked off a fuss and sort of said, you know, well, I mean, you know, anybody who's, you know, disabled mm. or, or a little bit, you know, different to the, the usual mm. usual members of society, I think that can scare people. And I, so I think they, well, they created yeah. a huge fuss. I understand that as well. Yeah, they created a huge fuss. Mm. And anyway, what I realised when I was looking through uh, all of his medications, they were giving him medications which were actually counteracting each other and were causing him to go purple. Jeez. And this guy, I mean, you could ask him you could ask him three questions. Mm-hmm. So what do you want for lunch? Do you want a cheese sandwich? Would you like pizza? Would you like fish and chips? Yeah. He was so chemically closhed, bless him. He could only remember the last thing you said. Mm. So he'd always say fish and chips. Yeah. So he'd spin it around and say, do you want fish and chips? Do you like uh, pizza? Or would you like a cheese sandwich? Cheese sandwich. Oh, okay. So he always remembered the always, last thing. Always, or he'd thing. always choose the last thing. Mm. And, you know, where we're sort of trying to promote independence and freedom of choice, yeah. um, you know, this poor guy couldn't actually make a, mm. an independent decision because he was so doped up on yeah. this vast selection of antipsychotic medication. And it took us took us about two years to convince them to uh, remove him from pretty much 90% of his medication really? 
And the difference in this man mm. was phenomenal. Like literally, yeah. he, he, he became alive. And it was it was a, it was a really poignant point for me to sort of really truly sort of see how mm. I think the medical community does operate where when they don't truly understand something they will just throw these very strong well, drugs yeah, at it just to wind a person down yeah. um, and I think it's a very sad state of affairs that this seems to be a, a very normal practice it is in, very normal and especially with children I mean yeah. it's like what on earth are you doing well they're obviously saving some money on speech and language therapists and so on aren't they by just sedating them and you know not letting them develop and learn that's the way I'm viewing it anyway because and I've spoken to a lot of parents with special needs children as well over the last few years via social media you know I'm in a few groups like private closed groups um, and whatever we say to each other obviously stays within the group but the feel for things are is we're all pretty much in the same boat with with being like given you know this the, the high sedatives for epilepsy when this you know there's other stuff out there mm. there's natural things out there like which is what we've just discovered so, let, so let, 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 let's go on to that so recently you discovered CBD CBD yeah so let's 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 <coughs> let's have a chinwag about CBD because CBD is obviously a, a, a fantastic yeah. cannabinoid and you know little has been known about it for a very long time but over the last few years it's really sort of exploded onto the mainstream. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, go into detail with your experience with, with CBD and um, how you found it. Yeah, well, I, I've known about cannabis for a long time, um, but I didn't know, obviously, de detail about it um, until probably, well, a couple of years back, a friend of mine said to me, oh, my God, Ange, have you seen the news? this little boy has been given CBD for his epilepsy, so on, so on. And I was like, I said, yeah, I did kind of see it. And I was like, but I'm not, I don't know, I don't really want to give Lily marijuana because that's what I assumed CBD was. Um, and then obviously he was like, no, 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 it's not that. And I was like, oh, well, I'll think about it. Anyway, this middle of this year, it was probably around May, June, um, he mentioned it to me again and he was like you know CBD you know have you thought about it have you looked into it and I asked him to send me some things he knew about it like some articles or or YouTube things so um, I got sent two documentaries from YouTube one of them's called Cannabis a Lost History and the other one is the reality of truth plant medicine and I watched them and I was like just amazed by how many you know things that, that that this can help with so I did a bit more research into it because you know a lot of people are, are keep on going oh my god oh my god you're giving your daughter cannabis you know it's really bad I know that cannabis has got like two different elements to it one is the hemp and one is the marijuana and the CBD oil is made purely of the the hemp side of things um, with the tiniest tiniest probably 0.3% of THC is that right or yeah, it, it, yeah it can depend I mean it depends on um, how it's how it's processed mm. so historically yeah you would see uh, a lot of the sort of CBD production has been sort of industrial hemp mm -hmm. 
now that CBD has sort of exploded on the market yeah. and um, you know it's obviously gone mainstream in the US and other sort of uh, companies like GW Pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. have started utilizing it now there's sort of growing cannabis strains yeah. which are high in CBD and much lower in, in, in THC yeah. and then you know you can either isolate the CBD or you can produce a sort of more full spectrum type mm-hmm. product where you sort of have uh, the, the other cannabinoids inside yeah. the, the tincture, the capsules or whatever like that and mm. there's different schools of thought some people some people you know think that um, having a full spectrum of oil yeah. works works better as opposed to an isolation mm-hmm. um, but I think it's personal and subjective yeah, of course you know we're, we're, we're all different yeah. we all react differently um, so yeah that, that's that's yeah. that's the real difference yeah. between and the I, two and I'm you know I'm more than willing to try Lily with with one with THC and if it's if it's going to help her or and then I then I'm all for it you know like definitely if the, the more happier she is the more relaxed she is obviously the more easier our life is going to be so yeah no absolutely so, yeah, well I guess we'll yeah I guess THC we'll have to side. see we'll have to see won't we mm. because obviously the British government have sort of loosely come out sort of mm-hmm. saying that as of the 1st of November medical cannabis is legal we are still all waiting to see yeah. what actually that means exactly. and what type of products are going to potentially be available yeah um, because I know that uh, you know you obviously see a lot of a lot of success with a pure sort of full yeah. spectrum CBD product with, with people with epilepsy Definitely. and other sort of and Parkinson's and, Parkinson's, and Huntington's yeah. It's very, very good. Hunting- for, Huntington's yeah. is an interesting yeah. one. So I'll tell you a little story. Years ago, I worked for a, uh, a large private rehabilitation company. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our areas of expertise was Huntington's yeah. disease. And we had probably about 15 residents with Huntington's disease. Yeah. And Huntington's disease is just a absolutely horrendous mm, condition. Awful, yeah. I mean, it, it really... For those of you who don't know, it's a neurological disorder which basically over about 15 years will, will, will rot your brain. Your brain ends up looking like a walnut. It's all, you see sort of scans of the human brain as it just sort of falls apart and deteriorates. And um, we actually helped do some clinical trials of a hospital in Birmingham with mm-hmm. this new drug called Nabulone, which was a synthetic THC yeah. uh, component and it, it had it had fairly interesting results with them it helped uh, it helped their sort of muscle spasms and involuntary movements but the capsules the tablets were i think at the time nearly a hundred pounds each Blimey. and these people were taking sort of four or five a day yeah. so you know huge hugely expensive mm. drug and not that effective when uh, actually you know some of the some of their families would routinely bring in cannabis joints yeah which they would are allowed to sort of smoke with them and you know smoking Mm. actually made a huge difference yeah um but yeah i've digressed Mm. (laughs) sorry (laughs) but no cbd i really you know i'm a really big fan of it anyway it's really really helping lily so much um but um the main thing i've noticed with her is her increased muscle tone after about maybe four or five minutes of giving her the oil drops, the oral tinctures, um, literally her 
her hands just just open up more and, and she's just that rela bit more relaxed because Lily's quite angry a lot of the time purely because cognitively she's very clever but unfortunately because of the severely damaged part of her brain is her motor skills and so on she's in her chair watching everybody doing their thing and and you can just see her and you just know you can tell that you know she's really anxious and wants to get out and get up and and do do things and you know thinking like why are they doing that why why can't I do what they're doing and you know I don't know whether it's sadder to know that Lily knows this or not it's well I think it I just again I think it's it's mm. tragic that um you know, can you imagine sort of as a young girl mm. sort of sat there and, you know, being aware yeah. and sort of seeing, know. you know, the others sort of running around enjoying themselves. Well, she does laugh at them, so, you know. she She's not all like, oh, you know, I'm really annoyed that you are running around. She does kind of, you know, she watches the, you know, other children and laughs and... Still, it must be incredibly that. frustrating. Mm. No, no, bless her. I know, I just really hope one day... She'll be able to use a machine um, that can talk. I don't know. Obviously, everybody knows of Stephen Hawkins and the machine that he had. Um, well, I eventually want to get Lily a machine that, that can, and, you know, help her speak because she 100% understands everything you t say to her. The more you repeat something to Lily, the more she'll, she'll understand it. You know, she's, she's quite... She makes a lot of choices with her eyes, even though she's visually impaired. She will, let's say, for example, um, we're out shopping and I'm like, oh, Lily, do you like this dress or this dress? I'll, I'll show them both to her and she'll look at them both and, and then just stare and smile at the one she prefers, you know? And also with music, she loves music, so she'll choose, you know, who she want, wants to listen to that day. Um, she makes. She uses an eye gaze computer at school as well, which is really good. They um, they play games on there with her, and the f the best one that I've seen so far is um, called Custard Pies. So what they do is on the screen, they put pictures of her all her class friends, and Lily just splats them and laughs with custard pies. Like, and they dot them all around. It's like a a, um, a television, like a flat screen television with a built-in camera that connects to the person's eyes that's using it and um, she slaps them all and laughs and then when it comes to her picture they put her photo on there she sits and she goes like refuses to, <laughs> to look at the pie. camera she's like no and then they take her picture down and then scatter them around again like different you know so it's not the same place and it's really some of it's quite awkward and hard for Lily to to kind of reach but I was watching her and I was just like amazed by how quickly she's able to to see these pictures coming up onto the screen and she's splatting them and laughing so you know i'm hoping that that she'll be able to progress further with that and yeah and i mean one that can actually say words i mean i'm sure so. no 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 doubt um i um i worked for a while in in this uh early years intervention clinic where we would um we would work with sort of severely sort of disabled mm -hmm. uh, and autistic yeah. children from about 18 months and do a very sort of progressive program of, you know, trying to sort of get them out of their box. Mm. 
and it does show you know you you, you can really see a, quite a remarkable difference when you yeah. sort of, when you invest the time and you have the technology that's and, the thing isn't you it know, to time and technology yeah and, and all of that costs money, money. doesn't it yeah 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 it's, it's difficult because i you know like you sort of say you know with the with with the right sort of technology mm. and you know gadgets yeah. you know she probably could sort of oh definitely 100 percent. i yeah. know she could you know and i know there's a lot of people like a lot of doubters out there i get i often have um when we're in hospitals i often have people come up to me go oh bless you you know and i'm just thinking no i don't want to be blessed you know i i'd rather people support me rather than feel sorry for me because I just hate this whole sympathy thing, even though, don't get me wrong, there are days where I, I do need sympathy because t life gets hard for us. Um, but mostly I just prefer people that support us and believe us. So I get really like passionate about what Lily, I, I focus on mainly her cans rather than her can'ts because, you know, well, I think that's I, the, I think that's it. the best way, isn't it? Yeah. Because I mean, you know, if you focus on the negatives, mm -hmm. you know, the areas which you, you can't control yeah. you can't change and i would argue that you're potentially wasting quite a lot of yeah. valuable energy where you could focus on like you said the mm -hmm. cans the can do's yeah um, which i think is far healthier mm. uh, definitely like three years ago maybe maybe longer i taught lily um it took me four out of the six weeks summer holiday every day to throw a ball um so basically what I do is I put a ball on Lily's lap and I wrap her arms around it. Um, and then I say to her, come on Lily, throw the ball, you know, like, and, and by saying the word up, 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 quite a, quite a number of times, she'll register that and then she'll start lifting it up with her, the top of her arms. Um, and then and, and you keep saying up, 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 and then she'll just push it and then you like, right, throw it to mummy or throw it to Dylan, you know, her little brother or whoever's around. And she would just, swipe it with her face and it'll you know it'll go onto the floor and and when you the minute you clap and like give her any kind of applause she's just like yay she's i've done this you know <laughs> so it's it's amazing to see and with since using the cbd we've all noticed that she is doing it so much quicker so much easier she's really concentrating more on it since i've weaned her off a lot of her medications so let's let's go let's go into detail mm -hmm. a little bit because i think i think there's a, there'll be a lot of parents out there yeah. in similar situations who would who would get a lot of solace from mm -hmm. understanding what are the pros you've you've sort of seen if there's any cons yeah. um you know and the ability that you've had to sort of remove certain medications from her life which yeah. I guess can only be a positive yeah oh god I believe it's a positive anyway um the the pros with Lily from this is like I say that much more concentrating so much more on doing things um her her, her hand is pressing switches like to activate her toys so much easier and quicker and and she's registering like the minute she's pressing this button she's looking at the toy going oh I just done that so then she'll want to press it again and again you know Lily loves singing interacting so I've had to you know buy a lot of switch adapted toys which cost a bloody fortune um, but one of them is Elmo and it's the best toy in the world because she loves it she laughs at it and and she's really enjoying the interaction with her so yeah so definitely she's she's a lot more alert now um, in the mornings she's very very relaxed first thing and happy so 
she used to be really tense um, and like really stiff, but I'm finding mornings now because I give give her four drops at night, so she's waking up a lot more happier. I f I'm finding it's relaxing her more in going to sleep. Um, they, you know, they, we tried melatonin for her. That is the most awfulest medication I've ever ever tried in my life. It made her hormonal. It made her have night terrors. It made her scream. It made her sweat. It did all the opposite things that you'd think that uh, sleeping medication would do for that's, a child. That's, that's crazy, isn't I it? Know. Because I mean, yeah, we, when we, we produced the melatonin mm -hmm. to help us relax yeah. and to fall into that comfortable state of mm. sleep, and it did the it opposite. It makes Lily fall asleep, but literally for maybe an hour maximum, and and then she screamed. You like. I didn't realise at first it was the melatonin and then I kind of realised after two weeks of being on it and I'd refused point blankly to give it to her ever again and I threw it in the bin and I told the doctors and pediatricians and neurologists I'm not giving that to her um, again. Um, um, what, what, what did they say about, you know, obviously the side effects? They were just said, we're really sorry that it didn't work for her and, and you know, we'll, we'll think of something else that might. I said, well, I'd rather you didn't at the moment. This I'm just going to persevere with with no sleep so. this is this this is this attitude again mm -hmm. of like oh well we'll just we'll just try whatever and see if it see if it helps exactly they just want to use our children as guinea pigs and i don't want lily to be a guinea pig not for that type of medication that's not going to help and it's going to make her worse anyway so mm. so yeah and the lily has um before trialing the cbd lily was having about a good six to seven, maybe more, absences, absent seizures a day, which, you know, people So maybe, like, yeah, just explain what, what that is to people who don't um, quite understand. An absence is like, a, it's, it's like a focal seizure, so where Lily will just completely stare into space, just completely, com you know, like, be comatose. It looks like she's out of it. And she will just stare, and her mouth will be open... Um, and she will just be like it for between maybe up to two minutes has been the longest but still that's still you know like a lot of people are like oh you know at least it's just an absence at least it's not a, a tonic clinic or a different type of seizure if, to me a seizure is a seizure yes I understand that there are horrific ones but they're still obviously frazzling your brain and, and you're still not not in the re you know the real world so she has them for about you know the longest has been almost three minutes and then she will just come out of it and then be very tired and and dribbly and you know that's the rest of the day kind of wiped out yeah pretty much for Lily but she never really falls asleep though she just gets really tired and cranky so it's quite challenging, you know. Yeah, after I can imagine. It'd almost be better if she did sort yeah, of no, fall asleep for a few hours. Yeah, goes into like a toddler and it's like, oh. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, you know, every obviously every seizure is really bad. But when she was having those, and I was just like, oh my God, like how the hell are we going to stop them? And then I went to her paediatrician and they were like, up oh, the sodium valparate, do this, do that. I, I listened to them at first. Um, and she was still having some absences and I was like, that's not working. And they were like oh, well, how about maybe we'll introduce this or that? I said, no more medicines. I do not want any more medicines because the side effects of them are just really bad. And Lily, unfortunately, tends to get the side effects to everything we give her. So that's when, obviously, the CBD is 
kind of come into play with with the absences and last week she had a bit of a bad week she had a couple of them more than she has been since taking CBD but that's because she wasn't very well she was having a bit of a cough and and, you know with what with the change of weather and stuff but still she hasn't um, needed any and and that's another thing that that the chest even though she's coughing and, and sputtering it's still clear mucus it's there's still no infection so I'm still refusing to give her the azithromycin that we've been um, told to give her for three days every 10 days throughout the winter um, that's an antibiotic isn't yeah it? and um, you know obviously I know like some people moan because the doctors are quite relu- reluctant sometimes to give your child antibiotics but with Lily, I'm the opposite. I'd rather she didn't have them because then her immune system is building up and she's getting stronger. So yeah, this this is a sort of the crazy thing with mm-hmm. uh, with antibiotics, isn't yeah. it? You know, I mean, they are they're they're, they're life saving. You know, in many cases. Oh, oh definitely. Um, yeah, intravenous ones, especially when you're yeah. really sick in hospital. But it does seem it does seem bonkers that. Um, you know, for years they have yeah. been handed out like sweets, and mm-hmm. you know this is why we sort of see things like MRSA yeah. now, isn't it? Which are completely resistant yeah. to antibiotics. Yeah. And, but it does seem a bit bonkers to sort of create that regime where what was it sort of every ten days? Every ten they days they expect us to give our ch- child three days worth, so it's just one dose a day of the azithromycin um, for three days, and then give it 10 days then do another three give it 10 days do another three every winter I've never ever done that even though there have been a couple of years where I've probably given it to her twice throughout the winter period because I'm thinking oh my god she looks like she's getting ill I get a bit panicky because when Lily's sick and being in hospital is is not good it's like being in prison it's you know for for all of us you know whoever's mainly me um, Mainly me, I'm there, you know, doing a lot of her care. Her dad will, will obviously come and do some when he can. My mum will try and help. But the hospitals now, you know, you have to do the full care for your child. All they do is their observations. So they come and do their, their blood pressure and their, their temperature. And then it's down to you to do the rest. So I'm a nurse without the qualifications. Mind you, saying that, um, five years ago next month, I gave up work due to Lily getting like ill quite a lot and, and her disability getting worse. Um, touch wood, um, Lily hasn't been hospitalised for five years since I gave up work, so I'm obviously doing something right health-wise for her to keep her well. She's been in hospital a couple of times for um, operations, but, but not for any illnesses, so that's a positive. And that's probably because I, I stopped doing the whole assist when I said every 10 days, you know, I think that's part of it as well. So, mm. but do you have to? Um, do you have support? Do you have a, Do you have carers who sort of come in and um, help support you? The social services in Merton have awarded us twelve hours a week help. So they give me and my son twelve hours a week together, because that's obviously social. So it's my choice to have another child. So they view it as well. That's you know part of your social life so here's 12 hours a week so Lily has 12 hours a week with the carers um, which started off as six um, but every year I attend two child in need meetings for Lily with all the so-called professionals and um, shout and scream and beg and cry and 
what have you, to get more help. So over the last six years, I've doubled the six hours to 12, but still. But they just give you an do, extra hour a year. I know, it's a joke. Sometimes I feel like saying to them, stick it where the sun don't shine, and, you know, and I get really stroppy about it. Um, however, the health side of things has improved since becoming, since separating from the children's dad. So um, five years ago we separated and um, they probably, they gave us, oh, where are we now? 2018, so three years ago they gave us something like two nights a week overnight. So our nights start at 10 p.m. and finish at 8 a.m. Um, so they gave us a carer for, for that. And um, I kept telling them, you know, it wasn't enough. That, that, that's one of the reasons why I had to give up work as well, because I was just so tired and, and obviously trying to go to work and function. As much as I miss it so much, I'd love to go back tomorrow. The sanity side of, of things, um, you know, obviously I, have, I had to just give it up. Um, but so, yeah, so now, after going to these meetings every year and begging and begging and begging, as of five months ago, maybe a little bit less, we've been um, given five nights per week now, so, which is obviously much, much better, because Lily sleeps, well, she wakes up between two and ten times a night, could be for five minutes, could be for ten minutes, could be for two hours, it, it, it's varied over the years really, but every single night's different, um, but I found that the oils have been helping Lily with her sleep as well. She has been sleeping much better. And you're literally just giving f four drops? At night and then in the morning. I give her to them some mornings, not all mornings before school. And then when she comes home from school, I'll give her a couple of drops as well. So. And has the, you know, has the school noticed? A, they a have, difference? yeah, they have. Um, and she goes to, every other Saturday, she goes to um, a local... Um, scheme um, which is called they call it Saturday clubs so they look after children with with lots of disabilities and they have said to me that the her absences are pretty much you know they're not really they don't know they don't see as many at all now which is good and, and also her school have said that her absences are, have died down a lot mm. and she was like a lot more happier and relaxed in the first couple of weeks of giving it I didn't tell the school at first because I just wanted to see her homeschool diary just to see the things that they'd write in it of like how she was during the day and um, a lot of it in the first couple of weeks was Lily's been laughing a lot today, Lily's been really happy today, Lily really enjoyed this today, Lily loved that today, you know, so I just wanted to kind of test. So I mean that's it's, it's a pretty it's a pretty remarkable improvement mm -hmm. really isn't it? Oh definitely she still obviously has her moments and she's still a little cowbag and she still moans and she still wants mu more music and you know me to entertain and sing and dance but sounds like a normal, all in all, normal yeah. child but all in all it's definitely definitely improved that you know that side of things and yeah I'm, I've noticed a hell of a difference in her hands mainly oh yeah because you're saying that you yeah, apply, you apply the CBD balm yeah, I've got the balm as well so I've noticed that's helped with her eczema um, also, which was shocked to me. I was like, oh my God, it's cleared up her eczema. Like, so obviously there's other things that, that CBD does to the body. 
Um, yeah, the, I put the balm on her feet, her neck, her shoulders, probably three nights a week now. And it just really, she just goes so floppy and just like, ah, oh, you know, like this is heaven. And so I massage it into her a few times a week now and she just really just enjoys relaxing with it. So I need a massage every night as well. <laughs> I said to her, we need to find a PA for mummy, I think. So. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, it's definitely, without a doubt, even my mum, who is, my mum is very, oh, my God, you can't give Lily drugs, you can't give her cannabis, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, mum, you don't understand. I've done my research. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm giving her. And it's helping her. And even she said a few times, oh, my God, I've noticed the difference in Lily, even her vocal cords, um, because Lily's non-verbal also, which obviously is an added hard, hard thing for everyone to, to cope with. Um, even her vocal cords have been making different noises the last few weeks, you know. I've, I've, I'm using the 1000 milligram tincture, which I think I'd, I'd just rather go a bit stronger just to, you know, just to see if it'll improve anything. and. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, Lily's ever going to talk, but to make new sounds is, is a new thing for us at the oh, moment. Yeah, yeah, so I'm quite definitely. enjoying, you know, getting the different sounds out of her. And we do like, um, obviously we have fun with it as well. And we do like gizmo sounds and, you know, different things like that. And I join in and, you know, I just, I just like to encourage Lily to be happy and to make as much noise as possible. So bless her, it's, you know. Well, I think it's good. I think it's mm. good to you. I mean, it's always... Um, it's always positive when non-verbal children start to sort of create new sounds because they're exploring mm. the, the sort of range in their repertoire of yeah. you know, what their what sounds their voices and yeah. mouths can make. So I, th- I, you know, from my experience, like, that's always a yeah. that's always an encouraging sign. Cause it's mm. sort of, you know, it's almost like a they're evolving. Definitely, evolving I'm, I've always been up for like you know, trying to, to encourage Lily to make sounds. Like, with Lily, you know when she's happy, you know when she's sad, you know when she's angry, you know when she's in pain. The trouble is you don't know where she's in pain. So it's a lot of it's guesswork that way because, you know, she. I know exactly when she's hurting because she'll lift her arms right up and be like, oh! she'll make that noise to say, ow! But then I'm like, you know, like twisting her ankles, moving her legs, shaking her hips trying to find what area of her is hurting because she was on um, ibuprofen and paracetamol um, for ages like and I was thinking surely to god you're just going to be immune to this and it's not going to do a thing to you so she's off that as well now you know she's off pain relief um, and I'm finding that she's very rarely in pain at the moment so. so so you've been able so how many so how many different types of medication do you um, think you've been able to sort of I've taken her off the azithromycin yeah the baclofen baclofen is a terrible 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 disgusting crap drug um cheap you know a lot of children are on this I don't want them what, what's, what, what do they tend to prescribe it for? Um, for increased muscle tone, um, for her dystonia, for her muscle spasms. All it ever done for Lily was make her dribble more and make her a bit more tired. That was it. And I kept telling them, I said, it's not doing anything. And, and one day I dropped a syringe on my leg 
um, and it went onto my jeans and within seconds it went like rock hard and like really st- and I just looked down on my jeans and I was like oh I'm giving my child this and what the hell is it and I looked into like the the symptoms for it um, like all the pros and cons and it gave me um, I took a picture of um, all the things that it's it's bad you know like all the side effects and um, where is it it's in my screenshot so basically I had it right in front of me this morning that's right just but just to kind of where is it so yes so baclofen can cause drowsiness weakness dizziness tiredness headache seizures oh thanks very much for that one Nausea, vomiting, low blood pressure, constipation, confusion, respiratory de- depression, trouble sleeping, insomnia, and increased ur- urinary frequency or urinary retention. So, yeah. So, which is why I guess they're always saying to me, are you getting many wet nappies? How are her bowels? Because Lily suffered so much with constipation. That's another thing I've noticed, and the school have noticed recently, that her bowels are opening a lot more easier now she's um, the CBD not taking a lot yeah and not yeah, taking not, a not lot having of the medication her up there, because so. they, they give you one medication and then all of a sudden you're like oh well she's constipating now well let's give her Senecot every night let's give her Movacol every other day Movacol is another cheap crap drug that obviously they want to prescribe children with complex needs just to try it out on them because it works for some and not others so yeah so all together I've taken her off one, two, three, four, five, six medicines, and we're currently coming off omeprazole as well, which is um, a reflux medication because her reflux has improved so much. Before the CBD, her reflux had improved a lot anyway, and I've looked into, since looking into all the side effects of everything else, I've looked into that, and that does a lot of damage to you long term as well. Oh, yeah, long, long, long term. So, yeah. Long term for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, no. and I'm hoping to come off the sodium valparate, but. They're quite against that at the moment. Because um, that's, that's, that's the epileptic yeah. drug, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're almost there now. and I don't but, want to run all these medicines. But that's, am- that's, that's amazing, though, that you've been able to remove such a large mm. amount of medication from her life. In literally under three months as well. And you've seen continued improvements. Continue. No change whatsoever. In She hasn't been getting the muscle spasms like trips. I can't pronounce this medication really well because it's like really annoyingly spelt, but I call it trihexyphenidyl. I'm sure it's called that. Sounds but right. lots of parents will, will know when I say those words anyway. Um, but they give them to children with dystonia and so on. And, and funny enough, I was on a special needs page the other day and one mum posted on there, has anyone been having trouble with with this medication and of course lots of people are going yes 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 it does this to my child does that a few have said no it's helping them so on but and then obviously I decided to to have a little say in what it what it's done for Lily and how I've taken her off it so and then you get like a couple of parents saying you know you're not a doctor stop telling people to come off their medicines and so on I'm like you know I'm not telling you to I'm just advising you to and I've done it for my child and it's living proof that that she's functioning exactly the same, if not better, without all these medicines. So, mm. 
you know, I just want to encourage it, really. And I think uh, uh, we, I think we, we discussed this last week mm. when we when we met. I think a lot of a lot of people are just terrified, aren't yeah. they, to to do anything outside of what their sort of yeah. consultant or doctor sort of says, because we very much live in this world now where we sort of almost hand over all of our the responsibility to a third party, yeah. a doctor, to, sort of, exactly. to sort of fix us. But then we sort of we must recognise that even in this day and age, mm. you know, and, we, and we're living in the most advanced time of human evolution, and yet, you know, disease and... I know, it's still you know, everywhere. Is, and mental health and issues, it's everywhere. And the thing as well, don't cancer, get me started on that. Rate. Like, I know CBD has helped a lot of people, including a good friend of mine who has had breast cancer, who thankfully, at the moment, is, is fine. Yeah. You know, like, we spend billions of pounds donating to cancer research where's where is this money going like yeah I, 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 yeah this is quite anyway a, it's that's a, it's just going to be a long topic it's so, a it's a, tri- it's a tricky one yeah. isn't it because i think um especially when you realize that the how much the people who work for mm-hmm. cancer research are paid like yeah. the ceo and they fly around the world in private mm-hmm. jets and yeah. living uh, the dream living the dream and then you realize that actually 50 percent of all people in the UK yeah. will get diagnosed with cancer at one point in our lives. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying. And a it? lot are, are misdiagnosed. A lot don't, a lot get told, like a good friend of mine, God bless her dad, he unfortunately passed away from having prostate cancer, which could have definitely been either saved or prolonged. But all they kept saying was, oh, no, it's your back, you got a really bad back, take this, take this, take that, take this painkiller, that painkiller. And then obviously they caught it just as at the end of it where it had really spread. And unfortunately, he's not with us today, which really hurts me still when I when I think about it because, you know, it's just, you know, love. It's just so many lovely people get taken away from us because of the awful cancer. Yeah. Um, and I know that if it's caught sooner for some people, it can be helped. Oh yeah, definitely. My um, my my grandfather on his. Uh, death certificate they put it down as prostate mm. cancer I don't think it was prostate cancer he was a cantankerous old sod who drank far too much whiskey mm. and was addicted to codeine yeah. and he died on Christmas day and everybody oh, everyone everyone in the family said he did it on purpose just mm. to just to piss everyone yeah. off um, then my father was diagnosed mm. with prostate cancer um, quite a few, a few years ago and um, he actually had his prostate removed and mm. taken out and uh, he's had full full recovery and oh, yeah, no no issues at all. I yeah. mean, he's absolutely fine. So it is one of those things mm. that you know, if you are, you know, if you do catch it, yeah, it can be. I believe it can be treated. Yeah. It can be treated. Exactly. I mean, my, my my dad was very lucky. You know, he was living abroad, where they had you know very very good comprehensive mm-hmm. health insurance, and so he was checked every year. Oh, good. Yeah. And then he ended up having you know having a dinner with a guy who happened to be one of the top sort of prostate experts in the world oh, so really? he was the guy who looked after oh, him wow. so he was very very yeah. fortunate on that um but yeah i i, I hear you when you sort of say yeah. misdiagnosed like, honestly like there's so many mistakes and and people dying us all the time well, for yeah for not being given the right medication the right help and yeah it's it's scary um, it's scary because mm. um, my my wife's aunt um she was diagnosed with cancer about 
five years ago. She just retired, worked all her life, just retired, you know, um, mid sort of 50s. Mm-hmm. And she went to the doctor just for a routine sort of checkup. Yeah. And uh, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. She was a, she was a heavy smoker. Yeah. She liked her fags, admittedly. But she didn't go to the doctors because she was ill or she was feeling unwell. Mm. And three months later, she was dead. Really? That's awful. They, my, that happened to my mum's best friend, Linda, as well. They like, just put her on this aggressive course quickly, of chemotherapy. And then bang, gone. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, with the chemotherapy, she couldn't eat, she couldn't drink. Mm, it's awful. And, you know, my wife and I, we always talk about just thinking, you know, what, you know, what if Jenny never, never went to the doctors I and know. never was never told and never had the you know, the chemotherapy, you know, would she still be here? And, yeah. you know, I firmly believe she would. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tricky subject, but yeah, I think a lot definitely. of people will will sort of resonate with yeah. what we're saying with that one. I think it is a... Yeah, the same... Um, I was just talking about my a good friend of mine's dad who passed away through prostate. Well, unfortunately, her mum also passed away with lung cancer um, when my friend was 15, so... Um, but her mum never had a cigarette in her life so I know people relate to lung cancer from smoking yes I know smoking's bad and all that but you know it's not always the case of you've had too many fags you're going to die of lung cancer you know it's it's all sorts of different things that that can cause it so yeah like a lot of people who've been working in factories and Mm. breathing in sort of different chemicals overexposure of chemicals for years exactly you see that a lot don't you Mm. um but yeah, I knew can- this cancer subject would be, um, you know, a bit of a long one. But there's so much you can, you can say to it. But well, I I'm a big believer that yeah. it can be helped with the right. I agree. I, I I agree. I think I think um, I think we look at cancer all wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Definitely. we look at cancer all wrong. I think you know there's so much fear to the word cancer. Yeah. But all cancer is is just mutated cell growth mm-hmm. in the body. So your body is growing something for yeah. some reason. And obviously it just depends where it is, mm. it depends on how disruptive it yeah. potentially can be. Um, but I'm very big on organic things at the moment, so I'm trying lots of different creams and so on for Lily, and, and like with her in her baths, you know, we use like the Epsom salts to kind of re- really relax her. And do you find that helps? Like that. Yeah, definitely relax her So that helps with her sort of tension mm. all the time yeah. muscles? Yeah. Hydrotherapy is great for, for really like, intense muscle tone unfortunately though it's 90 pound per session to go to really yep to have a private session um because obviously you have to pay for the use of the pool and and for a physiotherapist to to take your child in um that's 90 pounds for 90 an hour. pounds for an hour yeah an hour which is unfortunately at the moment i'm not working and so on but before i i gave up my job we used to regularly give lily private physio and private um hydro because it really did benefit her um she's like a little mermaid you'd never know that she was completely paralyzed in the water she's, she's just like a free as a bird you know she loves it so it's lovely to hear yeah it's a it's shame great. it's a shame that experience costs <coughs> so much money no her school thankfully her school has a hydro pool there and she does have a session once a week um with the physiotherapist but um they did a couple of years back they did give us in the summer holidays a couple of sessions maybe two um of using the pool with with the physiotherapist but um 
like everything else in this world, um, the school has now become a business um, and everywhere's greedy and wants money, money, money and they rent it out privately now to children learning to swim and so on, so on, that they won't let us use it now in the holidays for for therapies for children that will benefit from it, which is really sad. So It's a real shame. Yeah. But, you know, everyone's just... Well, I mean, I think, you know... <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword mm. here, really, isn't there? Is that yeah. you know, you know, these facilities and the schools need funding, and if they're not getting adequate funding yeah. from the government or local authorities, then they're going to have to sort of make it up. Exactly. Because uh, everything, ev- everything, is, it's a bit like sort of planning a wedding, isn't it? Mm. it e- everything when you've got a child with a disability yeah. costs two, three times as everything. much. Everything. Um, but even like things like. Um, nappy ointments and stuff like that all the pharmacies that like have got all these big expensive fancy let you know this has got this in it that in it this in it i've tried i remember lily had went through a phase of awful awful pain in like her her bottom area of blisters and bright red skin and um someone said to me once oh have you tried um egg yolk uh, um no not egg yolk sorry egg whites egg whites and i was like what are you talking about and she said whisk some egg whites together paint it onto her bottom area put a nappy on i'm telling you now it'll do it and it did really i'm i'm really just old wives tales and i'm really big in looking at stuff like that at the moment because that's amazing i've I've never heard eight pound 99 for a cream that that barely helps something when you can just do something like that, you maybe know? it's maybe it's the uh, maybe it's the proteins. Yeah. Maybe it's the proteins help rebuild, restore. Mm, but she's never had a, a severe severe rash like that again. So it's crazy. That's amazing. So that's a useful tip yeah, to anyone who's got exactly. a bit of a sore bottom. <laughs> Plus, P- paint yourself egg some egg, egg, egg whites. <laughs> I know. So I, I even thought, what the hell, are you making me do something ridiculous? Because <laughs> I have pumped. blonde moments a lot and listen to things and do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I. I tried it and it worked. So that's amazing. But yeah, and we've recently been going to Lush a lot for for products for Lily as well. You know, like some of their um, massage bars and things like that. They're bloody expensive, but they seem to be helping relax her as well. So yeah, I mean, I, Lush is one of those funny mm. ones. I find um, you can always you can smell it almost half oh, a mile down the high street, strong, can't you? Yeah, really yeah. strong. Almost a little bit too strong yeah. for me. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to um, a guy last year, an American guy who extracts cannabis terpenes mm. for a living. And he works, he works with a friend of mine who's got a large seed business in the yeah. US. And he was telling me a story where he was working with children with epilepsy, where he was just introducing terpenes mm. into their life no cannabinoids, yeah. just the terpenes. Okay. And we're seeing very interesting results of epilepsy really? just by using terpenes to sort of obviously help calm mm. and relax the mind. It's, it's, it's just aromatherapy, yeah. really. And, you know, we know as humans we've been using aromatherapy for thousands yeah. of years oh, to sort of, mm. you know, alter our states to relax mm. us or to, you know, spark us up yeah. or whatever. So I wonder, it'd be interesting to sort of see if, with, if terpenes would uh, have any effect mm. on relaxing and yeah definitely I'm up, I'm up for trying anything with Lily anything that's going to help her be more relaxed we, could, we should try we're it. working on the, up, the upper muscles at the moment the, um, her arms are so so stiff a lot and um, 
I went to see her neurologist. Well, actually, we had an appointment with her neurologist last week, but unfortunately, he couldn't make it to the clinic. But he did call me, which was really good because trying to get an appointment with this man is very hard because he's so big in London and uh, yeah, you he said, does you private. Said last week you yeah. were going to meet him. So how was yeah. that? He does private and obviously NHS stuff. Um, so yeah, we he rang me. And I said to him, oh my God, I'm doing, I'm using CBD, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. He was like, fantastic. He said, I've always known CBD to, to help in, in certain conditions, someone, someone like Lily. And I, in fact, he actually mentioned Lily going on the trials for it a couple of years ago. And I laughed and I was like, oh, you're going to get high, Lils. You know, that me thinking that she's going to be having like marijuana, like being as dopey as I was. Um, well, I still am a bit. Um, <laughs> So yeah, and he was big on it then, and they were part of trialing the um, the CBD on a lot of their children. So um, I said to him, you know, it's great that Lily's hands are open, she's doing this, she's relaxed more. He's like, great, great, great. And he said, and I said, can you put it in writing for me that you're happy about this and supportive? Yep, yeah, I can do that, no problem. I said, and how about go? How do I go about getting Lily prescribed something like this? And he went, oh. And I was thinking, oh, I knew it. I knew, obviously, I, kn I knew deep down that we wouldn't be able to get this on NHS. I'd hoped that. Yet. Um, yeah. Yet. Yeah. Well, I think I think the issue the the issue is um, is that obviously the the government has come out sort of saying right, we've now legalised medical cannabis. Mm -hmm. They still don't know what that looks like. Yeah. They still don't have. A catalogue of products mm -hmm. which they are going to authorise and allow the, the, the consultants yeah. to prescribe. So it's still very, very early days. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to think, you know, coming next year, they sort it out. It was really disappointing to to hear that, you know, that they can't prescribe it and that the 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 one they were trialling, um, I think it was called Satic. Yeah, so Sativex is a is a is a product made by the British pharmaceutical right. company GW Pharma, yeah. and um, that has that has been available mm -hmm. on prescription, but only in certain areas. Yeah. It's very only often for retractable um, seizures, epilepsy. Yeah. Well, they've brought out. They've just released a new one called Epidolex. Or yeah, Epidiolex. I heard that on. I was reading about that on one of. Um, special needs groups I'm in someone mentioned that's that. that's brand new um, I'm not sure on availability mm. over here the FDA have just approved it for okay. the US um, but I, I suspect mm. just like Sativex is probably going to be expensive yeah. which means that unless you live in a in a wealthy mm -hmm. part of the UK yeah you know with a well-funded um, with the lottery winnings then yeah, yeah. It's, it's something which might have to be paid mm. for privately I know Sativex is is not cheap I think it's yeah. around about 120 pounds yeah. a bottle really yeah I mean. yeah but yeah he, he, he mentioned that they, they trialed it and it his understanding was that it didn't really help as many children as as they'd hoped it would which was obviously a bit disappointing to hear but um and I said to him, so how do I go about getting anything to do with hemp to help Lily? Because this is working for her. I said, it's £70 a bottle. I want to use it on her. Obviously, it's a lot of money. Is there any way, you know? Um, no, unfortunately not. 
so you know I was a bit like oh that's a shame but at least his views on it are great like he's up for it you know he agrees with it and and, and stuff yeah, like I, that I, I, that's yeah. a good thing because some pediatricians that I've spoken to about it are like oh 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 I can't comment oh um can't oh um I assume you know what you're doing and, and oh I trust you and I'm like so they're passing the buck on to you and I'm like well this is what I'm giving Lily and I gave them a leaflet of exactly what's in the the tinctures from the shop um, could you please put it into her hospital records? They're like, um, um, I said, I am her mum. I am giving her this oil. I'd like you to put it into your records just to show that she's having this and, and I'm, you know, this is what I'm trialing. Yeah, and, and this is why I want to take her off of all the shitty medicines that you're giving her. And she was like, oh, okay, okay then. And she took it off me, put it into Lily's folder and was like, oh, you know, I trust you. And I was like, well, thank you for that, you know, thank you very much for your trust, but it's my child and I've been doing lots of different things with Lily over the last few years anyway that are clearly not made her worse, that have helped her, including she's peg-fed, but I've been giving her spoons of tasters for years now and um, she's just been issued her eating and drinking passport um, from the speech and language team um, so that enables her to have tasters at school and at home um, and yeah on so her when birthday you, very quickly just so people know when you talk about tasters you're literally just giving just them a, like a swipe of like tiny pureed amount. food on her lip um, or, or like a thick yogurt or custard or like it like baby food really um, pure like vegetables or fruit um, yeah so she is she is now able to swallow well kind of of. her swallow to me has improved a lot over the years even more so which goes to show that she hasn't been hospitalized in the last five years Um, and I've been given her tasters sometimes a bit more than the average I've been given her half a teaspoon of things because food is one of the biggest pleasures anyone could ever experience Absolutely. and I don't Lily's had so much taken away from her as it is I've always been a, a strong you know I want her to taste this so I'm going to give her this and they're like oh you have to do it you have to be safe you have to be safe and I'm like well can we have a video fluoroscopy then to, to taste to test Lily's swallow oh not many hospitals do it now and blah 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 and you have to wait for this you have to wait for that and I'm like okay well then by the time you do this test she's going to choke because clearly being nailed by mouth for so long the minute something goes into your mouth you're going to be like what the hell is this and you're going to cough and splutter anyway so but yeah I've been not really listening to them and doing my own thing with my child and this year on her ninth birthday Lily ate a piece of birthday cake and thoroughly enjoyed it so she's still enjoying life as it is you know like so she's able to cope with the cake Mm mm-hmm only obviously a little tiny piece sure. taste of it but still to be smacking your lips and smiling going oh what's this you know I then like that chocolate icing yeah she loves it so yeah but it's so important though to bring mm. bring new experiences and joy 100%. like that into people's yeah. lives isn't it mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you know we can we can forget about those mm. simple things and how important they are mm. it's just because obviously where there's a blame there's a claim and the world's gone health and safety mad and yeah like oh no no don't do it don't do it don't try it and I'm thinking what can it really do I guess obviously there was a risk of aspiration 
I understand that. I knew that when I was doing it, but I just thought I want to try hair and I'm glad I have been trying hair and I'm hoping in the future that she'll be able to have a bit more than, than tasters, you know. I know she's never going to sit there and eat a roast dinner. I'm not that dumb, but at least but enjoy just, some yeah, pleasures it, it, in yeah, life. Exactly. It's just mm. it's just anything which can stimulate yeah, senses and definitely. you know give you some pleasure and some mm. joy is, is is so important. Mm. It's vital. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just just pushing her in that really and trying her with a bit of everything. So but yeah, I just want her to obviously be alert and happy and most importantly seizure free, pain free. How on earth I go about that I don't know, but at the moment what we're doing seems to be working. So. It certainly does. I mean, I think, you know, to be able mm -hmm. to sort of say that you've been able to remove sort of six, mm -hmm. six medications yeah. and you see improvements mm -hmm. and vitality in her, Yeah. I think is, uh, well, I mean, it, it speaks volumes, mm -hmm. doesn't it, really? Yeah. I mean, it's quite, quite incredible. But like I read out earlier, you know, side effects to just one of these six medicines that I've started, you know, she's... She's, she was obviously getting those side effects, hence why being put onto the, the constipation medication to stop this and that. And then when I said to them, well, this makes her dribble so much more, and they're like, well, what we can do then is we can prescribe a patch to put behind her ear, um, which is medicated. To dry up. And I'm like, but then that's yeah. another medicine, and that also has side effects. And it's, I read up on it, and it's for travel sickness. So why are you giving her all that? Surely it's costing them money, really, to kind of uh, you will, know go will, to the doctors to repeat will be prescription, this, that, this, that. So but I don't I, understand. I, I, I wonder. I think you know. I think the drug companies mm. encourage you yeah. know them to hand out these these sort of medications. Mm. I think it's a good business model yeah, for them. Yeah, definitely. I know. <laughs> Isn't well, it? It's clearly, obviously you know but I, this is this is this is one of the things where i think um why big pharma has been so against the rise mm. in medical cannabis and because i think it terrifies them because i think cannabis is such a such a unique plant mm -hmm. and i think it's it's got such a wider range of properties yeah. and can help with so many different mm. so many different things oh, in, in, 100%. With, with us there's um, lots of different things that helps with the like even like people with I've seen loads of different videos loads of posts recently about CBD and and it's helping like people with severe back pain spinal injuries so on so on you know this one guy was like jumping up and down like going like woohoo I don't need my medicine anymore morphine patches this that the other you know you, the, we just this country is just so quick to prescribe morphine and antidepressants to people with any issue at all. Mm. You walk into your doctors, you're like, oh, you know, life's a bit crap at the moment. Can you recommend something? Oh, yes, I've got some fantastic antidepressants here. And don't get me wrong, I know they do help some people, but I've always been oh, for, for, like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, antidepressants yeah. and these type of drugs, they have a yeah. purpose in exactly, our society. Yeah. I think where we've we've completely lost our mm -hmm. way is where like yeah. you sort of say you, you go in and you go and talk to your GP and say well you know what I'm a little bit down a little mm -hmm. bit depressed oh well I'll tell you what my friend yeah. why don't you take these why exactly. don't you take these tablets and hopefully it'll get better yeah. but the problem is with these drugs is that the only thing you're changing is you're switching off mm -hmm. how you feel yeah, about you're something masking you're, yeah, reality. you're masking you're not addressing the issue yeah. 
And I know people, you know, young, bright, intelligent, successful people who suffer from depression mm -hmm. and they're on these antidepressants and every single time they go to the doctor, the meds aren't reduced, they're upped. Really? Yeah, literally. I know somebody who's, you know, for, mm. for 10 years, you know, struggles, yeah. struggles with life, um, but the, the medication just keeps getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And you think to yourself, you know, where's that going mm. to end? Yeah, exactly. You know, where is that going to end? You know, this, it's very, very concerning. Mm. And, um, you know, it's clearly not making them better. Yeah, definitely. You know, they still they still struggle. They still have depression, mm. even though that they keep taking more yeah. of this bloody medication. You're like, this this isn't working, yeah. right? Like this whenever I have bad days, um, you know, like I like to I like to put my highs and lows on my personal Facebook, and um, you know, a lot of my friends and family, some of them, you know, like they encourage me, they they help me. Some of them have a go at me and like, oh, stop bloody putting that on there. Um, and a lot of them private message me saying, oh, maybe, maybe you need to go to the doctor. Maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're depressed. I am far from depressed. Yes, I have shit days. Yes, I have great days. My life, unfortunately, is going to be a massive roller coaster with, with Lily's disability, you know. So for me personally, I'd rather try my best to cope without a drug to mask mm. how I feel and just just go with it you know it's just the the hormones are quite challenging sometimes um but apart from that you know I just get on with every day and just pray that tomorrow's going to be better and and always look you know on the most positive side of things I mean it's, yeah it's hugely commendable because mm. I you know I know I mean I have I've worked with dozens and dozens of families hundreds yeah. of families all over the world you know with sort of in very similar sort of situations to yourself and you know I I've seen behind the scenes mm -hmm. you know I know it's I know it's really hard yeah. you know physically mm -hmm. mentally emotionally yeah. you know it's it really is very 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 challenging mm. and again like I said earlier I think it's a real shame that <coughs> as society we don't we don't offer more support mm, in, in, in helping people because I've seen I've seen parents get to the point where they've you know they've caused physical harm to their child because yeah. they just can't cope they've caused physical harm to themselves mm -hmm. they've given up on their children they've mm. given up on themselves yeah I've seen a lot of that too and I think it's I think it's very mm. very sad how you know the government the councils just sort of they just sort of whitewash oh, they just over write it. letters yeah. That's all they do. I went to our um, local MP once, um, and I was like, you know, I'm really struggling. I need this for Lily, that for Lily, blah, blah, blah. And all she did was write a letter to this organisation, that organisation, bang, bang, bang. Oh, my job's done. You know, off your trot. Nobody cares. I feel like nobody cares. I know we're all fighting demons every day. Everyone's battling with, with so many things every day, but... You know, there's very few people in the world of special needs that have a heart. I've met possibly five professionals in the nine years we've been on this journey with a heart that actually have tried their best to help us, that they show they care, mm. you know? The rest are just like, oh well, get on with it. 
we got budgets, you know, we finish at five, off we go, let's go home. I think they've just become totally mm. desensitised. Mm, I think they just they, they just they just see it all the time, and I'm, I think to be honest, I don't necessarily blame them because I think a lot of these people almost have to sort of become that sort mm-hmm. of cold. Yeah, of course, I, yeah. Individual because you're just you're just seeing this all the time. Mm. Um, but just point us in the right direction, you know? I, I knew nothing terrifying. when Lily was born. Yeah. Nothing. All I knew was that she's severely brain damaged and she might never walk. I've had to learn so much in these last nine years. It's crazy. Do you find... Um, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you're members you know, of online groups mm-hmm. and support groups. Do you, do you get a lot of lot of support that way do you find yeah, that sort of community yeah there's a lot of lovely lovely parents on these groups a lot of them really like are like come on you know be happy and you know try this try that there's a there is a lot but you know we live it's all over the country so and there's even you know a few parents abroad so none of us are anywhere near each other to kind of start a little club as such you mm-hmm. know we we're just all so so many miles away, but there are a few women on there who who really have supported me well, and and you know I try and help people as well, you know. I think that's good. I, I like the idea mm. of um, community mm. sort of coming together and supporting. Definitely. I think I think that needs to be. We need to promote more yeah. of that in society. We do because I don't think we can necessarily rely on people that we, we thought we could, no. like the government and people like that. And then, you know, when they say, oh, well, we'll send you on a course or we'll, we'll, we'll do counselling, by the time that's been agreed and, and you've been referred and so on, it's a further three months. And if you're, you're lucky. Just, yeah, you're just sitting there, like, pulling your hair out, screaming. There's been so many times where I've wanted the ground to just open up and suck me right in, just for a while, just to kind of recharge and, you know, get back to it again and... And I've been, there's been times where I've gone onto the internet in the middle of the night and gone, right, I'm going to go onto Heathrow website at the moment and see where there's a one-way ticket. And I've looked at tickets a good few times and thought, you know what, I'm just going to fucking run away and, you know, get out of here. Because it is hard, it really is hard. But, you know, you just got to try and be strong. And where, do you, where, do, where do you think you get your strength from? I have no idea. My mum's quite strong. She's been through a lot in her life. I get a lot of it from her. Um, I really don't know. I just happen to be, you know, luckily, a strong person. Well, and I guess also, Mm. I mean, you know, what other choice Mm, have you got? Exactly. Zero. You know, you've just got to, you know, you're faced with this situation and you've got to, you know, you either let it consume Mm -hmm. you or you... You, you do exactly it. what you do. You, yeah. you do every single day, and you f- mm-hmm. you fight it. You keep going. You keep yeah. going. Um, I just keep hoping that you know, as I said earlier, tomorrow's going to be better, and so on, so on. You know, so it's, you know, I'm I'm in a good place in life at the moment, anyway, which is obviously helping our situation um, with Lily. So at the moment, things are on the app, you know? And I hope they continue to be like that. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sending sending lots of mm. positive vibes your Thank way. You. How does um how does your youngest Dylan 
Oh, he struggles, bless him. He, oh, it's a hard one for me. Because how old is he? He's, he's five? five. He's just five, turned five. Yeah. Um, he's so like a so little port, old man. Port, port he's age, so wise, so clever, so intelligent. Like, a lot of people are like, oh my God, like, how is he so clever? I'm like, I don't have a bloody clue. <laughs> um, but, you know, I guess he's seen me talking to Lily every day, like, like another human being, like a friend. You know, obviously, he's just, seen me interacting with her from day one but he really struggles interacting with her he and people say to me oh don't push him don't push him don't push him and recently I thought do you know what stop listening to everyone else and do whatever you want to do I've managed so far in life with them both so recently I've started to encourage him to interact with her a bit more one of our um games is um Lily has ceiling track hoists and she loves being in the air. So I put Lily into her sling on the hoist, obviously safely, and um, push her to the end of the living room to Dylan. And I, you know, and he's like, oh, yay, come to me. And then I'm like, right, Lily, like you, you're coming back to mummy now. And she's laughing, he's laughing, I'm laughing. You know, we would, we've been having lots of fun doing that lately. And um, he, um, Lily's legs went rammed into the massive flat screen telly in the um, living room the other day, which I was a bit like, oh my God, like, but you know what? They're interacting, they're having fun and I'm trying to, to involve him a lot more now. He is, however, very protective over her. Like if people stare or if um, a child down the park tried to, to, to push Lily's wheelchair a little while ago, he was like, hey, that's my sister, you know? And he's like, really like, bring her back. and. And he does care about her a lot. I know that. He know he loves her. And he always says, oh, he always says, oh, mummy, I wish the doctors didn't do that to Lily's brain. You know, he, he knows. People probably disagree with him knowing what happened to her, but it's my life choice, you know. There's like, no point, there's no point hiding him, it from him children. Know, you know, yeah. they're, they're bright and Exactly, and, and he listens people. to all my phone calls anyway and repeats a yeah, lot exactly. of stuff I say, so he might as well. <laughs> you can't fool a five-year-old. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, he, bless him, he's doing, you know, he's doing well. But I do worry about him. I do worry about him being bullied because his sister is special. Um, I've seen it, you know, they, Lily has two older sisters from their dad. Um, and one of them, when she was about 15, got into an awful argument on the school bus because um one of them said to her well at least my sister isn't a mong you know so i know that there's going to be lots of things to come and, and I, I get really worried and, and anxious about it because i don't like it and and i know dylan's going to stick up for her and protect her but you know i don't want him to go around beat, beating people up when they say stuff like that but obviously i want him to to stick up for for his sister and for, for you know people yeah. with special needs it's, it's, it's a it's, tough one it is it is, it is a tough one mm. because you know inevitably he's probably going to find himself sadly in one yeah. of those sort of situations because kids can be I know incredibly exactly. cruel because Nasty. they're just they're young and they, mm -hmm. they just don't understand yeah um, I like to think though now that the younger generations are a lot more a lot more flexible a lot more mm. far wiser than Maybe our generation. Yeah, oh, there are, because obviously our children are surviving more in the special needs world these days. 
you do see a lot more around yeah. so it is good that that you yeah because I mean I've worked I, I, I spent a few years working in a number of different schools consulting around London you know and supporting children mm-hmm. you know of additional needs yeah and actually all the kids all the kids were you know they got it mm. they, they got it and yeah. you know they were, they were, they were quite and cool and kids ask questions which I love you know yeah, I'd, just rather, honest, I'd rather you know, people not things. stare I'd rather them just say oh you know like what's her name or just get into some kind of well, conversation the, sta- the, the staring thing know? realistically is as a human beings we are programmed yeah. automatically to notice anything yeah, outside of the norm yeah that's different. that's a survival mm-hmm. mechanism because mm-hmm. anything which is looks odd or out yeah. of place you're going to go is that a threat yeah. is that a threat is yeah. that so when people stare it's not it's not necessarily as a, as a negative thing. It's just yeah. a, a quick thing where they're just going to look. You're assessing. You're working it out, and then you move on. No, but we get stared at like really? for, for quite a long period of time. Sometimes, especially if we're on public transport. Um, so, but my mum says um, she grabs Lily's hand and she's like, "Say hello to your new friend over there, Lily." Brilliant. And then she starts shouting out the name of the hospital, and my mum's like blah blah hospital neglect and I'm like oh Jesus like here we go like <laughs> you know Your it's funny like a character. But, yeah she is um that's where I get it from actually <laughs> but um you know I'd rather people like other like we say children uh, will ask questions and, and that's what I like about mm. you know like about taking Lily out into these environments where a lot of children you know can ask questions but um Unfortunately, there's not that many places that Lily can go to at the moment because we're still waiting for changing facilities, so nappy changing facilities for for these children. So more and more places are now getting them, but hardly anywhere it's, does. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, isn't mm. it? All the all the things that you don't necessarily think about. Yeah. Which you need to sort of the plan most important and think thing about. is is changing a shitty nappy. Yeah. So. Mm. It's tough, isn't it? I know. It? So we have to plan where we're going and so on. Like I can just about, if we go anywhere near my mum's, which is in the Kingston Borough, then I kind of take her, Lily back there to change her. However, I still have to lift her onto the sofa or onto the bed to change her, and I can just about now lift her. See, I mean, that's hard work, manual big. handling. Yeah. You know, you've got to be really careful. Mm-hmm. You can really injure yourself, can't you? I know, but what? What do, choice get, do, do I get, have? Did you get specialist asked, training? No. They haven't given no. you any manual handling training? I asked for a portable hoist not so long ago, um, and they were like, oh, unfortunately, we can't provide them, but um, there are lots of different charities that you may be able to apply to, blah de blah and I'm just like, oh, you know, another thing, another fight, and, and I just feel like I don't want to be seen as a charity case. I don't want to be begging from people for things. This should be provided. I believe, mm. you know, like for these children. Well, the crazy thing is, and I've always, I've always said this: we should always support and look after mm-hmm. parents who are, who, are, who are caring for, yeah. you know, disabled children. Mm-hmm. For one very good reason: when the parent is looking after the child, you're saving an absolute fortune, yeah. millions of pounds in 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 care fees. Mm-hmm. But then what happens is that. They don't support the parents. Mm-hmm. The parents get stressed out. Yeah. Classic manual handling thing. You know, you put your back out. So then now you can't care for your mm-hmm. child. So then you're going to have to bring in this whole support network. Yeah, emergency funding, yeah. two which, carers. Which, which, which costs yeah. ten times as much mm-hmm. as if you were just to be, 
be yeah. honest and fair with the parents and, and supported them yeah. you know in the first place it's it seems bonkers there's millions of different obstacles every day that that can affect what we do and where we go mm. so we do spend a lot of time at home which is bit boring at times because there's only so much dancing and singing and I can't sing to save my life by the way but I've done 72 videos so far for Lily because she just laughs her head off at them and it, it keeps her entertained while I do the washing up or when I do something quickly with Dylan or you know there's only so much of that I can do every day you know everyone, it's not bad, though, 72 everyone always calls me a nutter and they're like you're crazy and I'm like well have to do what Step you do Step into to my survive. world for a week and then you realise that you're crazy too. Yeah. So, mm. But yeah, going back to your question about Dylan, he's... I know it's hard to tell, really, with him. I think he's coping well. Obviously, there are days where I can see in him and, and I know he's scared to tell me that, that he's struggling um, and it hurts me, but... You know, what can I do, really? I think all you can do is just, mm. you know, try and keep that dialogue, dialogue open. Yeah. Encourage him to talk. Yeah. That'd be I my do, advice. Yeah. You know, cause it, it, it is hard. Mm. It's hard for little boys as well. We're complex creatures. Yeah. Men. I know. <laughs> Very complex. <laughs> I we're, do we're, know. We're, 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 we're far more straightforward, I think. Oh well, men think that we're not. Men think that we're more complex. So anyway, let's not get into that one. Yeah, we will. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll avoid that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, I forgot to mention that you were saying about respite and like help and stuff. Shooting Star Chase have been fantastic with us. The only one charity in the whole of England that was able to help us up until very recently um, but yeah, up until like a month ago, Shooting Star was the only place that, that Lily could go to and they cut, due to funding and stuff, they cut their hours down to nine nights per year. So, so for nine nights per year... You get a respite. Yeah. It's not a lot, is it? No. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'd almost expect nine nights and a month. Uh, yeah. Oh God, that would be lovely. That'd be luxury. <laughs> but, yeah. There's so many different, you know, organisations out there, but but none of them are funded. You know, this is shooting stars a charity, so yeah, it's crazy. There's obviously mm. a, a, a huge, uh, huge gap which mm. needs to be filled in that whole sort of support yeah. network. Yeah. Listen, we're getting close to an hour and thirty-five minutes, um, so we better wrap this up. Is okay. there anything else you want to sort of quickly say before we uh, say goodbye to everybody? just want to kind of encourage parents with special needs children to try natural things with their children and and to you know to sh to say that that the CBD isn't as as bad as people think it is it's, it's nothing to do with getting high and and having the munchies and stuff like that it's um you know it's all about trying to wean your child off medication that that clearly are giving them lots and lots of side effects and stuff and yeah just that really just and obviously to keep trying to make your child as happy as possible which is my mission 
So, well, I think that's a very yeah. good mission to have. Thank you. Well, listen, Angie, it's been an absolute mm. pleasure. Thank you Thank so you. much for being so honest and open with us. I think you know a lot of parents will resonate with with what you're what you've said in your story. Yeah, definitely they will. Yeah. And um, let's let's keep in contact. It'll be good to sort yeah. of continue continue to hear the the progress. Because um, I think it's very exciting what you're doing, what you've managed to achieve mm. in, in quite a short period of time as well, isn't it? Definitely, and I'm really wanting to obviously try more things, so be handy to have you on board to advise me of things. Yeah, well, we, can, we, can, we, can, we can certainly try to yeah, do that. Thank you. But listen, thank you very much, and um, it's been a real pleasure, and we'll catch up very soon. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to that podcast with Angie and I. I hope you found it informative. Um, again, I'd just like to thank our sponsors, Canaco. If you are interested in CBD flowers particularly, there is a discount code uh, on all CBD flowers at Canico's website. You just need to use the discount code when you uh, go through to checkout and it's just OB10. So that's just OB10 for a 10% discount on all the CBD flowers. So if you're interested in the CBD flowers and you want to sort of give them a go, head over to their website or their Instagram page and they will take great care of you. Again, thank you so much for listening to the All Spoon podcast and we'll catch up really, really soon.